Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Our sermon text today is uh, our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 7. During this season of Advent, we spend time anticipating the coming of Jesus. We remember, or I guess we reenact the waiting that the ancient Jewish people did, waiting for their Messiah to come. Now, they had to wait hundreds of years, but we modern-day people with our instant gratification, we only have to wait four weeks. All the while, we decorate our houses and go shopping, sing along to the radio to our favorite Christmas songs, and in the minds of many, Christmas has already come. But according to the church year, we are still in the season of Advent. We are still in a time of waiting, waiting for our Savior to come. And it's typical in this season to look at a weird Bible character named John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. He's a John different from the Apostle John or the writer of the book of John. He's someone who spends his life getting people ready for the coming of Jesus. One way you could maybe think about him is like the voice over narrator guy of a movie trailer. In a world gone bad by the effects of sin and corruption, one man is coming to save us all. From the God who brought you guys like Moses and Elijah, now comes Jesus, true man, true God, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God coming this spring to a cross near you. Now, as silly as that might sound, that was basically John's whole existence. Well, that and telling people to repent of their sins. That's who John is, especially when you look at the first accounts of him in the book of Luke. But in today's reading, we see someone a little different. If we take a second to carefully look at the John we have today, if we had to categorize his questions, if we had to connect his questions with a feeling... The word that I would use to describe John in this moment is doubt. In essence, John is asking, you're the guy, right? You're the one who is to save us, right? John might be pretty sure, but he needs to know for sure. And One might wonder, well, John, where does this doubt come from? Well, it's not mentioned here in Luke, but in the book of Matthew, it tells us that John is in prison at this point. He was put there for safekeeping by Herodias Antipas, Tetrarch of Peria, and Galilee. And he was being safely kept. Well, until Herod's stepdaughter danced for him, and as a reward, she was able to ask for the head of John the Baptist at the request of her mother. Because it was her mother who hated John the Baptist for calling her out on her sin. Well, her and her husband's sinful relationship. But it's during this time in prison that John might have been wondering if, well, maybe he shouldn't be there. Because if if Jesus isn't the guy, if he isn't the one to come, the Savior, the Messiah of the world, then this whole preparing the way of the Lord thing that he was doing would all be for naught. Because if Jesus wasn't the guy, then John's just some crazy kook in the wilderness, 
wearing camel's hair and eating bugs and honey, dunking people in water and insulting the influential and potentially dangerous leaders of the day, calling them out on their sin. It's understandable from John's point of view. He's got a lot riding on Jesus' answer. So he sent some of his disciples to ask. Now notice, Jesus, Jesus didn't get upset at John for doubting. He didn't say, how dare you question who I am? Sadly, in the church, we, we don't deal with people who doubt the same way that Jesus does. For, for many of us, it's, it's impossible for us to comprehend why anyone would doubt. But it happens. And when it does, I encourage you to make this a safe place for that doubting to happen. To be a place where people don't hesitate to look for the answers. Because John went looking for the answers, and he went straight to Jesus. Because John needs to know. He needs to have his doubts addressed. And I love how Jesus is, is able to answer John. I love how Jesus was able to, to dispel all doubt that he might have. And he didn't do this with just words. John, or Jesus answers John's questions with actions. It's as if Jesus said, so, so you want to know if I'm the guy, right? The savior of the world? Well, well watch this. Now, scripture doesn't have that quote. I wish it did. But, but it's, uh, it's amazing what Jesus did next. In verse 21, it says, In that hour he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits. And on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. And this comes right after Jesus raises a widow's son in Maine. Jesus' actions speak way louder than his words. But just in case John's disciples didn't get it, Jesus used words too. He said to them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. And it's with this knowledge of who Jesus is and what Jesus can do that John would be able to face the death that he was going to face. Now John's role in this whole Jesus story is, is it can be a minor one. Whether John came out or not, Jesus still would have saved the world the way he did. But John's role is one that helps the people that are being saved know what's going on. Picture it, picture it like this. Imagine you're driving along and you come upon the scene of a car accident. And you grab your phone and you toss it to your teenage kid in the front seat with you and you tell them where you are, what mile marker you're by, and you have them call 911 for an ambulance, and fire, police. And then you get out of your car and you see that the driver in the accident has been trapped in his vehicle, unable to get out. He's conscious, but disoriented. And you know there isn't much that you can do for him in that moment. It's not like you have the jaws of life in the back of your car. And so maybe you ask them some questions and tell them, don't worry, don't worry, help is on the way. And as you wait and wait, you begin to wonder yourself, where are these emergency workers? Are they really coming? Do they know where to go? Are they busy doing something else? And as you wait longer and longer, you finally ask your teenage kid, did, did you call them? Did they say they were coming? And in that moment, 
you have a lapse of your faith that these emergency workers are going to do their job. This is what John the Baptist did. He told people that help is on the way. He interacted with people who might feel trapped in their lives and, and in their sins, and he did the best he could, baptizing with water and all the while pointing people to Christ. And you know, you and I can do the exact same thing. We, we all have people in our lives who don't know Christ. Now, personally, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how a, a non-Christian can muster the energy to face each new day. I can't imagine the strength it would take to stare into the abyss of, of darkness and death, knowing evil exists and having no tools to combat it. That's just it. Maybe these people are like the ones pinned in their cars after a car accident needing help. Maybe they feel trapped, especially after a tragic or traumatic event, something that maybe wasn't even their own fault. And we, like John the Baptist, can provide those same, that same hope in the words, help is on the way, all the while pointing to Christ. Because it's Jesus who is coming, who has come, who comes to us today, who is coming again, and he's coming to save. It's just that his jaws of life are in the shape of a cross, a cross he would eventually die upon. And instead of physically meeting the needs of the injured, Jesus comes to save us spiritually and eternally. He comes to forgive our sins and to give us hope. Now last week, Pastor Bob's sermon focused on where do we go from here? Answering the question that follows a major anniversary like our 75th. And as we as a church set out on this new journey towards this new destination, we can take comfort in the fact that help is on the way. That Jesus comes to guide us and to direct us in our words, in our actions, and even our thoughts. On the way to this new uh, destination, on the on the journey to help our neighbors, we get the opportunity to mimic John the Baptist. We, too, get to tell people that help is on the way and then proceed to tell them about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and how during our own difficult times, Jesus and our faith in him has given us comfort, has given us peace. How Jesus made a difficult path that we had to walk, a path made difficult by the effects of sin in this world. Jesus makes that path a little easier, or bearable, or manageable. Even if it's just one step at a time, one day at a time, one major holiday at a time, or one year at a time. Because in a world gone bad by the effects of sin and corruption, one man is coming to save us all. That man is Jesus. Amen. <clears throat>